0: Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to The Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We've got a really special guest on today, Joe Bernstein. He's the founder of Drop the Armor Wellness, and I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. He's a fellow... uh, weight losser or weight loser. I'm not sure how to say that exactly. Um, (laughs) Has a really cool community. Um, You've been a coach for, you know, a a very long time now with some, a lot to share with us today about uh, just men's lifestyle, men's personal growth and development. Um, Might even get into some cool stuff about talking to women, um, making mistakes around women, that sort of thing. Uh, I know you also went through a brutal divorce. And um, I'm curious to hear a bit about that. Uh, So thanks so much for being here. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm grateful. I've been listening to your podcast recently and and having fun, enjoying it. There's a lot of great content. So I just feel lucky to be able to contribute Ken.
0: Awesome. No, I appreciate you coming on. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Um, You know, how you,
1: what's your journey basically been like? Okay, I'll try and give the short version. Um, You know, my childhood is full of plenty of beautiful, amazing things. All the all the things you could ask for in like a middle class, privileged, you know, American suburban lifestyle. Um, Except there were some challenges. You know, my family, my parents. I don't know if they ever had the personal growth communities and the personal growth coaches or the focus on that that we have grown up at this. You know, in our age, I'm like my late thirties. So they weren't the most emotionally mature folks and like even though they provided a great life there was a lot of emotional tension and drama and bickering and arguing and scarcity so my family we didn't get into drugs and alcohol or gambling but we got into food and tv and just that whole lifestyle of numbing out so Mm -hmm. i'm a guy who by the age three or four years old i was already what doctors were calling obese Um, And really lived that way for most of my adult, most of my child life and my adult life. I I learned differently, not a linear thinker. I have what they call disabilities or what I'll call different abilities when it comes to reading. So school was always hard for me. And so you package in the two uh, situations here. You grow up as a kid who, you know, there's a lot more negative hate and um, like low esteem filled communication out there in the world back when I was growing up in the 80s and early 90s about weight and people who were fat quote unquote and you combine that with the fact that I'm a bit different when it comes to learning a bit different when it comes to like how I socialize I'm that like classic introvert that loves depth and one-on-one connection but didn't know how to be in a group or a circle so I grew up with a lot of limitations in my life you know by the time I was 12 I was over 200 pounds and had stopped trying to diet because my parents were putting me and my sisters on diets when I was young, like really young, six, seven, eight years old. The By no the time, um, the
0: 80s, right? What's that? Yeah. Yeah. The no fat, low fat crazy 80s. that got us all. Fat. Oh, <laughs> I'm dude, a, yes. I'm also in my late, late 30s. And as you, you know, what, as you were speaking, it was like, oh, that was me. That was the family, yep. not, you know, that yep. is as a teenager, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the crazy paradox Oh uh, right, my mom would bring home these like everything was fat free, fat free. Yes. And we'd yes!
1: Have to get fat. Yes. Yeah. We were on, like everything. <laughs> we had like lean cuisine and Slim Fast and Atkins diet. We did like all of it. But my whole family, like I saw a picture of us when I was twelve from Niagara Falls, and we uh-huh. just looked like Macy's Day Parade. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to shit on my family, but like we were big. And you're right, same thing. It was my, my parents were always reading about health and trying to do the right thing. Meanwhile, we were all having trouble with our health at early age. So yeah, I'm feeling you on that. Uh, but long story short, you know, I, I was in my teens already up into the high two and 300 pound range. I was a guy who, you know, at school I could get by, I could listen, I could pay attention, but like it, I did my best, I was getting B's. I came from a world that said like if you're not great at school if you're not a great athlete if you're not physically attractive you're pretty much nothing so I by the time I was 16 17 literally believed that like love and sex and a great relationship or family wasn't going to be something I could have I literally believed it and just thought it was who I was I thought I would just always be obese I thought I would keep gaining weight I thought I'd be like Struggling from health related issues, I may mean, even die early. I mean, I had that mindset. I thought, like, yeah, I'll make it to my 40s or 50s. I swear to you, Robbie. Um, no. And I always thought, you know, well, since that's I'm not. Brutal typical- if, uh, I mean, that, that's a brutal sort of mindset Gosh. as a 16, 17 year old. Like, yeah. It, it was, man. And I was full of anger and depression and frustration and rage, but like, I didn't even know it. I was that typical nice guy, too. So I bottled it all up, I repressed it. Um, And essentially, you know, by the time, I mean, I I tried to go to college, but pretty much just smoked a hole into my brain and dropped out early. Um, I found myself in a retail career. So I found myself working for a company that I really actually loved and I excelled at. And in my mid-20s, I met someone after spending like five years being involuntarily celibate. Like I didn't date anyone from like 19 to 25. I met someone. We were beautifully cox- toxically codependent together. We got married. Um, mm-hmm. And so I found myself in my late 20s married. I was actually really successful in my first career as a store manager for a great company running multiple multi-million dollar stores. But I was a guy who just wasn't willing to take risks. I never thought I could have a great life. So everything that I had, the, the career, the good decent income, I mean, it was pretty good income for a guy with no college degree, a marriage. Yeah. I literally, I mean, we like made good income together. We traveled, we ate well, it was all more than I thought possible for myself. So I was always like holding on for dear life. You know, didn't rock the boat at work, didn't rock the boat with my ex-wife. Eventually she came to me and had lost a bunch of connection because, well, I was being like a typical wimpy nice guy who never spoke up to her and then eventually would have some sort of rageful explosion. So basically come 2013, I was going through many health crisis. I needed a surgery for a kidney stone. I was 10, 11 years into my career and noticing I was performing really well but starting to lose passion. I wasn't excited about like the next steps like a district manager job just didn't thrill me. Uh, yeah. And my ex came to me and said, I think, I think I'm one foot out the door. So a life that was better than I thought I'd ever have for myself came crashing down. 2013 completely fell apart. And that was the moment where everything changed. You know, I literally was looking down the barrel of like a crossroads of okay, I can keep going the way I've been going, and I'm gonna probably be alone and be in a retail career and be in a body that probably can't even handle standing on a sales floor for 40, 50, 60 hours a week come 10 years from now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I can try and figure out what the hell went wrong. Yeah. And that was that moment. Like, I literally thought, hell. I've gotten more than I thought I could have in this life, and I've lost it all. Might my, my, might be a moment to take responsibility for myself. So, and I was lucky. Our our therapist that we worked with at the time, she gave us the five love languages, and then I found Dr. Glover's No More Mister Nice Guy, and like that became I became insatiable to learn, which led yeah. me to like group coaching pro- programs and online courses, and eventually men's transformational weekends. I had bit, I'd caught the bug, you know, from 2012 to 2013, that summer, I'd lost over a hundred pounds. I went from being a guy who was kind of helpless in a, in a marriage that wasn't fulfilling sexually. We didn't get along that well. We fought all the time to guy who was like dating multiple women that I thought were like way out of my league. My social skills were expanding. And, you know, and, and I just basically said, look, this is like got to be some sort of divine intervention. I, I, there's no way I can go through all these changes just by learning skills that no one teaches us when we're growing up yeah and i thought i I had i had to figure out a way to help others now there's plenty more story here but that was it that was like launching the seed of i have to become a coach for other men i have to help them change in the ways that i've changed um and it's that was probably seven years ago now and i've just been trucking ever since figuring out how to create the business and loving the work i do with helping clients so that's like the short the short part of my story the bottom line is i was a guy who didn't think he could have much. So he held on to, for dear life to anything he could have, compromised himself, didn't really believe that I could go after what I want and lost it all. So then I decided there's only one fucking way to live, which is to mm-hmm. be bold, to be courageous, to dream big and to, to run after it full steam ahead and to continue to learn and grow in the process, you know? So I'll stop yeah. there for now. So you can ju- jump no, in It's, and
0: it's a yeah. super inspiring story. Um, it's almost like, you're like the poster boy for transformation, <laughs> it's like, the, in, a, in a weird way. Um, no, no, like uh, that maybe came out a little bit strange, but like just having, having things going from so bad to being able to make that turnaround. And, and also it, it seems like you were in a point, you were at a point where you were kind of just doing like the cliche, american life um you know it is kind of just like a asleep at the wheel um and you needed that that major you know boulder coming crashing down to yep. to be like whoa what, what's going on here um and then going through all of that transformational experience and, and doing all the, the different things you did i had a, a similar experience but over a much longer period of time and i don't think i hit any lows as hard mm-hmm. as you did or maybe i did at different points but right i heard a lot of similarities in our journey um because i was overweight i lost 50 pounds at one point total you know nice guy a ton of you know codependent toxic relationships like everything you described i was like oh did that that except yours was in like it all you had this very you know intense period there where, where it came uh you know where you got into it how were you able to so many people i think in that situation you know, they just become, they become worse or they turn Mm -hmm. to drugs or alcohol or or who knows what. Um, So I'm curious, how were you able to, you know, kind of pick yourself back up and get into the personal growth
1: community? Right, right. You know, that's, that's the thing is I learned what I valued in that experience. Mm -hmm. So I learned that I didn't want to necessarily have an easy relationship. Like I have family, I have parents that are still together like in their 70s.
0: They went through
1: all kinds of levels and layers of challenge and strife and and love and excitement, and they have a great family, and me and my sisters have great families now. So I've, I've seen a model for, I don't think relationships need to be easy, but I'm unwilling to have them full of drama and toxic codependency and constant arguing and bickering. So I saw that there was a version of, like I'm a relationship guy, And luckily, there's a lot of really great books and trainings and information out there about relationship. You know, there's so much out there, anything from like what Gay Hendricks is doing to Esther Perel, what what she's doing. And so I learned that I valued relationship. I valued love even more than I thought and that I could learn. I learned that I also, I value learning, but see, the world didn't teach me that because yeah. I thought I was, I was a bad student, right? Like, I'm not a good student. Um, I can't read a bunch of textbooks. I actually probably never read a book, like a full book in high school, yeah. swear to God. I didn't really <laughs> I start a reading. Yeah. The cliff. yeah, right, the Cliff Notes <laughs> yeah. and like, this is even before the internet. Guys who were like in their 20s who are listening, like this was before the yeah. internet, like Robbie and Let's I figured go. out how to like buy Cliff Notes <laughs> and like ask our smart friends and yeah. So, so basically, I learned that I'm actually an extraordinary learner. I looked back on my yeah. career. My career, I, I excelled, and it was all experiential learning. It was sales. It was demonstration. It was leadership. It was coaching. It was training people. And so I realized, wait a second, I actually love learning, and I feel lit up when I'm learning. Even as me and my ex-wife were falling apart before she decided to leave me, I remember getting that Love Languages book, You know, Gary Chapman, for anyone who hasn't read it. And yeah. turning to her like every chapter going like, this is amazing. Like, can you believe this? And I'm all excited and she's like rolling her eyes because she's already <laughs> come, probably committed to leave at this point in her own heart. But I got really excited to learn. And that, that passion to learn became more important than dwelling on the past and then focusing on what I lost. And if I'm being honest, we all have different responses to trauma mm-hmm. and, and being told by the person you think is gonna love you forever that she's done. That's a major trauma. You know, my response to that trauma was I'm gonna figure it out. Uh, Something I teach my clients first session when I work with them is you're no longer allowed to be a student. You actually have to be the scientist. Now, there's nothing wrong with learning, but you have to turn into someone who's willing to not only learn, but who's fascinated about experimenting. And that's That's what really did it for me, right? I took the learning, the passion for learning into experimenting. I actually had a dating coach. I was in his program with like 400 dudes at the time who he said right away, it's like step one, the guys who implement, who implement what they learn within 48 hours will be smothered in women. (laughs) It's like, this was it. And so I literally took that principle and I ran with it with everything I did. So that was it. Part of my trauma response was I'm going to be the scientist. I'm going to figure out what went wrong. I'm going to give myself a chance. I don't know what'll work and what won't. But I got, I got fascinated with trying. And there was drugs and alcohol. And I started drinking when I like didn't really drink in my 20s. And I had a couple of years where I drank a little more, like partying and stuff. But at the end of the day, it was also really about giving myself a chance to create a life. When, like you said, I was asleep at the wheel for all my life. I just consumed what the world had taught me. These are your right. values. These are what's important. This is what you have to do to keep... A relationship, you know, if mommy ain't happy and nobody happy, this is what you have to do to keep a job. This is how you have to wear your hair. You can't let your beard grow too long, all that shit, right? So I consumed the beliefs around me and I went to sleep at a very early age. Right. And then ultimately I learned that didn't work. So I'm going to go out and create. And creation has been like a passion for me since is creating a life rather than consuming what the world told me my life should be. And so, so, yeah, it was all in service to that. It was all in service to creating something from what felt like ground zero. It felt like nothing at 31 years old, you know? Yeah, it's
0: interesting because, you know, they talk about the kind of the three pillars of, you know, you have your health, you have wealth, and you have relationships. And yep. when one of those things is kind of out of whack, you experience some major, you know, kind of problems in life. And right. it sounds like all three of those for you were pretty you know, rock bottom, um, or at least just not in a work, workable condition. Um, right. And when I went through my weight loss period, um, I lost like 60 pounds in 100 mm-hmm. days. But my business suffered, because I was basically just, you know, focused on eating healthy and working out. Um, mm-hmm. And my relationship suffered a little bit too. I was in a you know, normal committed relationship at the time, but it was, I don't know, I just kind of checked out a bit. Um, So I'm curious, how, how you, were you able to kind of balance those things? Um, Because I'm sure a lot of guys listening might have a couple areas or at least one area that's a little bit out of whack. So if you haven't, you know.
1: Right. Well, you know, that's a good question. Um, I don't think that we need to be as balanced as people say we should be. Now, um, overall balance, but there's going to be periods of time in life where I'm heavily focused on one thing rather than the other. Yeah. And that's okay. As long as I'm integrating what I learn and I'm learning new skills and new habits that I can then take to the next point in life when I pivot and I focus on something else. So when I was going through what I was going through, I actually, you know, career, I've had this wake up call that like this career that I had with a company that I really loved which I was doing well at, there was gonna be something after it, but I was already in a position where I was a store manager. There was a lot of pressure, there's a lot of work, but I was creating my own schedule at the time. And I really let career not be that important for like a good year. I yeah. did what I had to do. I showed up and I performed. You know, I, 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 I was good at the job already. I mean, I'd been doing the job of a store manager for that, com- for that company for five years already. And so I literally did do, you know, if I'm being honest about that time, we were expected to at least work 40 hours a week, if not like 45, 50, probably snuck out a little bit here and there to go to the gym early. I probably snuck out a little bit here and there to go and get ready to go out for the evening to like learn new social skills that I've been learning in all these books and programs. So I deprioritized career because I did at least have stable income at that time. And it was a job I knew I wasn't excited about to go into the future with. But I knew I could do and so I spent all my energy at that time working on my my confidence and my communication skills with women and, and social life and I spent a lot of time working on my body and so I would get up and uh, you know I would food prep for like three hours on Sunday actually I still do that shit but like you know I food prep for hours I was learning to cook I was learning yeah. to really take care of myself I would you know wake up and go to the gym if I was working an afternoon shift and I would hit the gym hard and I would do a lot of meditation and everything. If I was working a morning shift, I'd do like a strength training circuit at home. I would go for a two mile run and then I'd go to the gym like at night at nine o'clock. So I was really focused on my body and changing my nervous system because I, I, I'm naturally a very anxious dude. Yeah, I didn't know I was an anxious dude. I didn't know I was a fear-based dude until I started doing more research on how to uh, really understand the nervous system, to understand why I was so anxious and shy and weird with like women and socially. And then when I learned about the nervous system, I got really focused on creating a healthy environment for my nervous system to heal and then creating a lot of positive mental feedback loops. So I was really, I believe we could focus on like two of those pillars, hardcore at once. But with a lot of my clients, I move around with them in pockets. If we're gonna get over six months or a year, I'm like, cool, first month or two, we're going to focus on X, get you up and running on that. We're not going to focus on the other parts of life that you want help with. So I'm big into compartmentalize and focus on something that you really want to dig into to learn and change and then do it in ways where you're going to take sustainable skills with you. So when you pivot and go in the other direction, you're good. Like, so when I decided about two years after that to leave retail career and start my coaching business, I was, I was still taking care of my body, but I was a lot less focused. I was in a relationship at that point, which I really enjoyed. So I wasn't that focused on like going out and dating a bunch and learning new social skills. I was kind of in a groove with body and love. So I worked as on career. Um, Eventually, that relationship wasn't the one that I thought would be my life partner. So I took a period of time where once my coaching practice was off the ground, you know, we had separated and I focused hard on doing deeper work on my body, on spirituality, on my beliefs around love. And going out and dating again. And now I've found the partner that like I live with. We're, we're getting, we're purchasing a mountain home together. Like this is the life partner. So I actually yeah. believe that we can, we don't have to balance it all at once. We can create one piece after another. You know, when you're building a house, they're not building the roof as they're building the foundation, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, very well said. And um, I'm, I'm really curious what you, about what you said about, anxiety um yeah. some of the the nervous system stuff i could relate a lot to that um and i have a lot of clients that could relate relate a lot to that um yeah i just thought it was because uh, i'm just an anxious jew you know just run <laughs> run through blood i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah man. T- me too me too yeah. there's a pretty good chance you're jewish as well uh Got maybe it. it's a... <laughs> but yeah that, that was a similar sort of realization i had was like, why am I anxious all the time? I didn't realize I was anxious all the time. Um, yeah. But once I figured out, I'm like, Jesus, yeah, like what, this is, you know, this is not a really great way to live. So I'm curious how you were able to,
1: you know, make some strides in that yeah. department. Yeah, good question. You know, I realized that, you know, I used to call myself a realist. Mm-hmm. And that was really just a very nice window dressing for being, a pessimistic fear-based person that always operated off of the deepest shame response, which for me is I can't. A lot of people, their shame response is like, I'm not good enough. You know, no one loves me, whatever. Mine is just, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. There's a thousand reasons why this won't work or that won't work. There's a thousand reasons why I shouldn't go talk to that woman. There's a thousand reasons why I shouldn't try out that thing in bed and risk like pissing her off, whatever. There's a thousand reasons why I shouldn't go, you know, like put out some new content that's really edgy for my current business. So what I learned was that was just a learn, it was a learned behavior and a learned pattern in my mind. But I also learned that my body contains a lot of anxiety. You know, I am a guy and I bet maybe you can relate, but I'm sure a lot of your uh, listeners can or maybe clients can. Uh, I had been taught, like I think a lot of men, especially in Western cultures, to live from the chin up. I've been taught yep. that if you're not an athlete or a or a freaking you know model, that basically your value is just in your brain. Your value is how smart you are, how well you can think, you know, at, at like how good are you at math and math and sciences and things of that nature. And, and so essentially, I had to learn deeply to honor my body. You know, losing weight just wasn't just eating chicken breast broccoli and going to the gym. Losing weight for me was a real dive into my beliefs and my nervous system and mind-body connection and almost some of the spiritual elements of what it takes to make transformation work. It was a big part of that. You know, I, I really personally, learned that the nervous system is something that we can't really control, but we have a lot of influence over. So of course, like everyone, I started meditating. I started doing guided visualizations for like relaxing before going out to like, you know, socialize or going out on dates. I started getting into a bit of, you know, Eastern spirituality to gain some new insights and new belief systems. But ultimately I had to create a connection with my body where I could feel nervous energy. I could feel anxiety. And I learned all these little tricks and tips. Like uh, for 30 plus years, 30 years of my life, I was a nail biter, you know? Mm. And so I learned that essentially that's just an excess abundance of physical energy from my nervous system. So I had to learn, okay, what can I do when I'm like, you know, at a bar, I'm feeling this like anxiousness in my hands. Like, what can I do with it? I learned little tricks and tips to like, Literally, you know, imagine energy moving out of the hands and, and out into the atmosphere around you and like surrounding you as like a cloud of positive energy. I also learned a lot to work with the thoughts. So I do still to this day a lot of affirmational work, tons mm-hmm. of affirmational work to manage my thoughts so that I'm not always fueled with these fear based thoughts. And, and really, there was just a lot that I had to learn about using exercise to express my, my energy. And I didn't exercise much at all. So I was, of course, always an anxious mess. A lot of people who are anxious, actually I'm learning more and more just have an abundance of nervous system energy. And we have to learn how to channel that into creativity into exercise and into you know, difficult things other people aren't willing to do into yeah. creating, creating what we want, whether it's art or music or, or, you know, a business. So there's just a lot to understand. And um, little tip for anyone who's been going through this. I'm always at a point where I think I've managed my anxiety and I've managed my, uh, my nervous system. I have figured it all out. That's always when some new challenge or transitional phase comes up in life. And I realize, nope, this is here with you forever, Joe. It's just something that you can't run from. You have to learn to be better and better with uncertainty all the time. You have to learn how to handle the feelings of anxiety and stress when you aren't in a position. Like, you know, I had a, I had a hip injury last year and I, li- I, I couldn't go run. I couldn't lift. I couldn't even do my yoga for like a month and a half. I had to learn to like manage the person that I am with anxiety without being able to use the body to move through it so I, I think that's mm-hmm. part of it is just to study a little bit about what anxiety really is to understand some basics of the nervous system of course you know no surprise probably been 100 times in your podcast lots of breath work you know <laughs> lots of understanding to use the breath to actually calm the nervous system for anyone who's never heard it before actually, no one no one's spoken about that on the podcast though. no one's spoken <laughs> about this ever okay I so, don't think so yeah. all right so I have a training. I don't focus on weight loss at all, but I have a a coaching certification in mind-body nutrition and eating psychology. And a lot of what I learned was about how the nervous system and our metabolic functions are related to our actual parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system dominance. So, you know, we'll just call it stress and relaxation response. So I learned that literally 60 to 90 seconds of deep belly breathing can physiologically change your nervous system from fight or flight to a relaxation response. And I use that tons. I mean, all the time I would do it. You know, like I said, I'd I would, I would I'd, I'd kind of leave work early. Back when I was learning how to date for the first time, I'd leave work early. I'd go take a run, I'd shower off. I'd do like a visualization laying in bed to relax. And then I would like drive to go meet a woman And then I'd sit in my car and I would literally do like a two minute breath work exercise and then run some affirmations in the mirror and I'd run out. And so doing that breath work, whether it be, maybe you need to excuse yourself for a minute. It's a business meeting, it's a date. Go to the bathroom, take a few breaths. You notice yourself getting in your head or starting to worry. Literally, you could sit at a table across from someone and focus on breathing into your core, into like, you know, uh, into your abdomen or even into like your balls. So some dating coaches like imagine breathing into your balls and I kind of love that shit. So (laughs) I would imagine taking the breath and really bring it down and using it. Um, Of course, all meditation and yoga teachers and such, which I've done plenty of in my life, do talk about the breath and how to utilize it. Um, Same thing, Wim Hof, it's like the opposite end of the spectrum, he's like the opposite of some like, you know. 27 uh, year old 105 pound yoga teacher he's like the opposite but him same thing it's all about breath work and using breath to understand that it can actually take our nervous system from crazy insane anxious fight or flight to relax cool calm collected i do it all the time uh mm-hmm. i should probably slow myself down right now because i'm getting excited and start to talk really fast and i can feel my energy don't seem like See it that? you do. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. i just think joe is so cool and Oh, you, know, thanks, you don't come across it. but it's funny how we're so aware of those you know yeah. micro things going on for sure mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. no that's great because i i I'd, I'd heard many people speak about breath work and of course went off but i like mm-hmm. how that's such an applicable thing you can do in any situation you know if you're feeling a little out of whack just yeah take a breather go to the bathroom mm-hmm. take deep deep breaths and uh something i have to remind myself to do more often so yeah That's yeah for sure um tell me a little bit more about your uh about you know how you got back into dating after your divorce mm-hmm. um yeah. i know you, you mentioned uh you know to me offline that like your divorce is actually a, a really positive amazing you know thing transformational experience yeah uh, and to you know because not not only you have to get back out there? Or did you have any sort of um, emotions you needed to move through in terms of like anger
1: or, you know, just bad shit around the, that situation? Yeah, totally. I had a lot of anger. And if I'm being honest, it was mostly at myself. I woke up to the fact that there was no reason why I had to treat myself like someone who was unlovable and unattractive for most of my life. And there was no reason that I had to commit. Like, I literally committed to a woman that maybe three dates in, I said to myself, like, this isn't right. There's something off here. Our values aren't lined up. Her behavior is a little iffy, right? But I was so afraid of being alone because I'd literally been alone for years and I always assumed I'd be alone that I latched on for dear life. So, after it was all said and done, I really didn't blame her i mean as soon as i you know you go through these stages of grief as they say and i went through them very rapidly i mean i went through in a matter of days i went through these stages of grief and i remember and i don't i can't teach anyone how to do that it just happened automatically for me i don't know if it was a blessing or a curse because i probably still have stuff to work through from those days but but essentially i remember getting to that acceptance point and as soon as i accepted like this is actually happening she's moving on i'm gonna have to figure my life out there was actually almost only frustration with myself. I really had to find out. And that's why that, that's where that like, that's where that anxious brain actually works well, because instead of being stuck in this place of being angry with myself, I said, like, I got to figure it out. A lot of my clients are that, they're like, I got to figure it out, I got to know, I got to have the information. And then that's why I talk about like, information is not transformation. We got to take this student and turn them into a scientist, you know? But essentially that was it i had a lot of anger at myself i couldn't believe that i'd let myself get into that relationship and i couldn't believe that i was holding on for dear life i would have done anything to save that relationship but as soon as the acceptance stage hit i realized oh gosh we were a mess i wasn't happy i was lying to myself all the time i was compromising my values we were getting into a pretty bad situation financially as well and uh I'm, i'm a squirrel you give me cash like I'm gonna find a way to store it away and stock it away. She was the opposite. We had like one line of credit together. It was 11 grand in the hole, we paid it off. It wasn't back into the hole, you know? so, So I was really frustrated with myself for giving in and giving up so much just to be loved. And so from that point, there wasn't really a tremendous amount of grief or anger. It was a matter of learning How do I get recommitted to my values? And how do I learn to build a sense of inner validation and inner worthiness so that if I have a vision for my life, which I did at that point, I got excited and thought I can make anything happen, that I can stick to it no matter what in the future. When a woman comes along that I'm really into, but there's something out of alignment, I can be grounded and rooted in what's important to me. And I can be grounded and rooted in knowing that I'm important, that I'm valuable, that I'm lovable. And then the other thing that really helped was to me, it became about skills. And I thought to myself, well, my whole life, I didn't practice dating much. I didn't practice in the bedroom much. I didn't give myself a lot of choices and chances. So I I looked at it as like, there's all these skills to learn and try. And I really just focused there. I focused on skills and I focused on deepening into what I call emotional fluency. I had emotional intelligence. you know, when I would get my 360 review, my yearly review at work, it put me up there. Emotional intelligence, yep, Joe's got it. He's there. But I didn't really understand my own emotions. And so, really understanding how to feel and like know the message behind my emotions was a vital part in my growth and my healing. Reconstructing guy who believed i shouldn't have love i shouldn't have a family i'm not attractive you know i'll never make much money constructing beliefs that like that's all bullshit and if anyone can do it so can i so there was just a lot of deep work on reconstructing beliefs understanding my emotions connecting with you know a vision that i had connecting with values still the stuff that i help people with today
0: Mm -hmm. and when you were going through that process that was Bunch of different modalities, different trainings. Um, it's kind of everything in a pot at yeah. it once. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was. It was all kinds of different work. You know. Um, yeah, you could think of everything. I, I, I had a schedule actually. 2013, 2014. I had a I had a personal growth schedule. Like I had my work schedule. I had my workout schedule. I had my dating and socializing schedule. But i literally made sure i booked three nights a week with myself to focus on different programs i was in yeah. so you know it's like tuesdays you know the dating coach thing, and and thursdays i watch all the videos for like the fitness coach program i bought and then that way i can apply them all week and then you know sunday afternoon is when i plan my week and plan out like which practices from these different programs am i going to do before work after work i really just dug into to like dozens of different modalities and trainings. I probably read 70 books that you know that year. And I can I continue to work and on, on myself like that. I've slowed down a good bit so I could just integrate and live life. But it was right. a ton of different work.
0: Yeah, I've I've had the a similar experience from what it sounds like in terms of just, you know, once I, I need to figure something out like i will just go absolutely crazy um maybe it's that anxiety like you mentioned but i will just become like a mule and work on this thing until i solve the problem um and it doesn't feel like work it just feels like yeah. i'm learning um mm-hmm. and uh and and i think i've had probably a similar response to what it sounds like from you know when, when something bad happens i guess i've maybe through all the training i've done or whatever i'm i'm done a pretty good job of being like all right how am i at the source of this how can this you know how can we change it how can how can i educate myself on how to not get back there and how to move forward versus like for me i'm a victim i'm this i'm that which i think a lot of people get you know obviously caught up in Um, yeah 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 then and and it sounds like so the first thing you did was was what the getting and losing all the weight that was the that was like the
1: first phase, part of it. It was actually a little bit of everything. So what had happened was I had lost a bunch of weight already while I was married. Okay. Uh, she she was really into the environment. She was really into cooking, very foodie. We'd go to like nice restaurants. So actually, just by learning how to cook a little bit, just basics, and by committing to lots of like local foods and natural foods, to so switch from like Ben and Jerry's and McDonald's and Chinese to You know, cooking my own pork chops and I was curing my own bacon before I went vegan for several years, which is a whole nother podcast if you want. But, you know, (laughs) I was eating really well. So I'd already lost about 40 pounds when her and I really started. A quick quick uh, question. You're no longer vegan, but you went for a little bit? Oh, yeah, for years. Actually, I did. I went vegan for (laughs) years. That was part of my loss. Yeah, no, not anymore.
0: Um, that should be a podcast. Actually, I'm really curious.
1: I, right. <laughs> you know, I did this whole thing where I was like a straight up junk food addict, and then I became more of like a carnivore, where I just ate tons of meat. Um, yeah. And I lost weight eating tons of meat, just learning to go from from fast food and bullshit and frozen food to whole natural foods. So I lost about 40 or 50 pounds by the time we split. So I already had evidence that like I could keep going. Yeah. And what happened was you know, I just, I like, I signed up for a gym. You know, it was like the cliche thing. It was like, all right, just got dumped. What do you do? You sign up for a gym, you know? Yeah. But the thing that was amazing was I all of a sudden had this belief in myself, like, I'm going to turn this ship around. And so I really committed to going to the gym all the time. Now, what then happened, it was, it was all kind of, it was all parallel. It happened a lot at the same time. You know, I'd continued working with a therapist because for the first six months after that idea that we're going to get separated, I had some work to do there. And I kept reading more and more books and like kind of just diving into my own mind and my own body. Going to the gym that much or going on runs that often gave me tons of time to listen to audio programs from coaches, to listen to podcasts, to listen to books, um, obviously audio books. So... Believe it or not, the 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 fitness like obsession that came up gave me the channel, or if you will, the platform to do a lot of learning. Because I'm not a I'm not a big read. I mean, I, I can sit down and I read, and I, I'll read. I've probably read a few hundred books since 2013 at this point. But I'm still an audio guy. I'm still a, a kinesthetic Thanks. and experiential guy.
0: I hate or reading. I don't, I don't mind, but the, just popping my headphones in and listening to stuff yeah. while I'm doing you know, taking a walk, walking the dog on the treadmill, going yep. for a hike, you know, like doing those things together, I feel like I get so yeah. immersed in the experience. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm totally on the same page.
1: So that was it. I mean, it gave me the opportunity to do all of it, to do the learning about, you know, human beings, about relationship, about dating, about health, about confidence while I was taking care of my body. And ooh, that gives me a, let me, let me throw a little tip at the audience too. Yeah. That's an example of habit stacking. You've probably heard it before, but I'm huge yeah. on habit stacking. Watch that video from the training program you bought while you're doing your Sunday night food prep. Mm-hmm. Listen to that book about confidence with women while you're, you know, lifting weights hitting the gym. Do multiple things at once. Well, do take your learning and integrate it into another activity that's for your well-being, that's for your benefit. Like you said, take a hike in nature and that way you're getting the healing from nature. You're getting the alone time, which is like a second thing. And you're listening to something that you're learning, which is like a third thing. So try and integrate and do these things together. That really does a couple things. A, you're maximizing your time. But B, I, I don't have the science to prove this. I'm a huge believer in allowing the subconscious and allowing the body to absorb content, to also be part of the learning process. Right. So as we're learning new concepts and new information that flip our paradigm in life, and I'm also working on the body or I'm taking a run or like I said, walking the dog, you're literally integrating that knowledge into the muscle, into the tissue, and maybe even a deeper place, your subconscious, your spirit, et cetera. So yeah, a whole lot of that stuff, man. a whole lot of that going on. So it was all really congruent. You know, we were, I was working on everything at once, dating, the nervous system, confidence, weight loss, all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love what you said about
0: habit stacking. Um, I'm a huge like habit Nazi or whatever you want to call it. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, I was in a place um, kind of around like mid 2018 where I had just been in the most ridiculous like years of partying. Um and it was a lot of fun. Obviously the dating aspect of it was insane. Um but I had essentially let all of my habits go in terms of weight loss or fitness, um, you know, the healthy eating, uh career stuff. And um I remember I picked up a copy of uh, Atomic Habits, James Clear. Nice. And it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, love the book, amazing. And it was so simple. <laughs> just uh, you know, like, dude, you know, all this stuff, what's wrong with you? How did you allow yourself to get so out of whack? But then just kind of setting up consistent habits, stacking those habits. It um, was getting really back to basics. I was able to to really turn that around very quickly. Uh, is that something you work a lot with your clients in terms of, you know, getting habits going? And cause that yeah. for me, that's
1: huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. You know, I, I get guys that want the trifecta. Like I really do. I get a lot of guys in their like late twenties to mid thirties, every once in a while working with a guy in like his early forties. But for the most part, I get a lot of guys and I jokingly call it like the Jesus age, you know, where like, <laughs> it's literally like this, you know, the like it literally is the time of enlightenment in many ways for young men. And I think a lot of us are going through like millennials, exennials, if you will, are going through what you might call, quote unquote, midlife crisis a lot earlier. The information that we have at our fingertips and the proliferation of different types of ways that we can work and the worldview that we now have, where we get to see like this one American way, this classic kind of hands off the wheel, sleep at the wheel life. It's not the family thing. Men are going through pretty early. So a lot of the time they do, they want to have some difference in the way they treat their body. Maybe it's food habits, maybe it's exercise habits. They wanna have some deeper sense of freedom or groundedness or confidence in love and relationship. Now, maybe they're already married and it's about finding more time to rekindle and reconnect or not hiding all of their, you know, their emotions and, not, and learning to be vulnerable with their partner. Maybe it's that they're just broke up and so they're like preparing themselves to go out and date again. But they all always want something in regards to health, to love life, and to career. Maybe they just mm-hmm. want to feel less stress around their career, or maybe like my one client this morning, he literally left a job at Google, no joke, uh, and worked, you know, waited tables for a couple of years because he found that more intellectually stimulating than working at Google. And now he's training to be a plant medicine shaman, a dating coach, and start an intentional community. You know, like so maybe mm-hmm. it's someone who wants to go on that kind of adventurous life where he's creating. Out of all of his passions and aligning his income with it, but they always want all three. And you'd be amazed at how the work we do doesn't have to be profound to create pro- profound impacts. So I often am breaking it down to little habits and little experiments. You know, the dude I just mentioned—he's literally flying to Brazil with his girlfriend this week. She's from Brazil. They're gonna—he's gonna—they're gonna spend six months living there, and so he's gonna decide like, do I want to live there. I don't want to come back to the U.S." Right. But but essentially, you know, this week, I literally have him doing two things. He's doing a compassion journal. Cause even though he's done all this spiritual work and, and you know, preparing to be a shaman and all this personal growth work, he's still got that. Like his granddad and his dad are both lawyers. And he's still oh. got that like hammer at home, work harder, never give yourself slack. He's still got this lack of compassion. And I've t- told him you and I both know you're not going to go create this life that you're dreaming of if you don't learn how to have self-compassion so i have him yeah. doing a compassion journal another guy literally i'm going all right you know what it's time to just get back to the gym it's the whole you know uh i think it's in atomic habits either that or maybe it's in a uh, power of habit by charles Duhigg, where it talks about make it okay to literally just show up at that gym three times a week mm-hmm. you I, I don't care what you do i don't care how long you're there if you step foot in the I mean, door that's I- the win so um, yeah. we're often doing these deep dives where you're doing an, an experiment around consciousness, like self-compassion journaling, or something simple, like a simple habit. Another guy, environment is one of his values. And he's been staring at this Sonos speaker that sits two feet from his head on his bed for the last few months thinking, I should move this to another room, simply because he doesn't like you know the Wi-Fi interference and what it could potentially be doing to his brain. So simple mm-hmm. things like that, dude, go move it, and get over yeah. all the resistance and all the stories about, oh, it's annoying and you got to reprogram it. And you got to go into the app. Just do it and then sit down and every day for the next week, put a little notebook in your nightstand, write about how, literally write down, I'm not putting Wi-Fi into my brain anymore. So it's, it's a lot yeah. of these simple little teeny habits that we're working on all the time that when you stack enough of them, if you, like integrate a new one each week, a tiny, a tiny change each week, like, you know three four five six months down the line a bunch is different both in habits but in how you look at yourself too so you got it that's totally it lots of little experiments little habits all the time man
0: yeah it makes a big difference it's like uh compound interest when it comes to money you know is a little investment all the time consistent before you know it you know mm-hmm. you've got a whole sort of situation
1: that's right yeah yeah a so guys hardy right Wrote the book compound effect Is the last name hardy yeah yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think i re- that Dan Hardy or so Dave was, Hardy or something yeah. that,
0: that, that was, was a huge cool one in
1: like the dating coaching stuff like what six seven eight years ago that was a huge book around that
0: time um, The Compound Effect or which one
1: Compound Effect
0: yeah but yeah um, I just read one that was pretty cool um, I think it's called pull it up right here The Psychology of Money, Morgan mm. Um it's kind of like an inner game related money book investing book so it's not like do this do that it's this is how to think about it if you want to have 100k in your checking account because that makes you feel comfortable that's okay you know some people are going to feel like you know you're missing out on all this potential capital you could be making by investing but each own. so that was that was cool um and uh a very similar sort of thought process with habit stacking and, and that sort of thing um so how do you Tell, tell us more about um, you know, how guys can find you, how you typically work with clients. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really curious because it sounds like you've got a bunch of like, interesting guys from all different walks of life.
1: Yeah, I get really blessed with a lot of really interesting guys. Like you, like me, they tend to be you know, a little bit anxious, a little bit heady. They're big thinkers. They love to learn. Um, very often they're like personal growth junkies as well, but they're sitting here going like, all right, well, I went to therapy and I went to the, you know, meditation retreat and I go to my men's group and I've read a hundred books, but like, how come I'm not like getting laid more and like, I'm still in this shitty job I hate. So, (laughs) you know, so, so, so really it's, it's for me, I'm helping a lot of guys in that range of that late twenties to mid thirties, just take action, integrate the habits. What I really work on, what I call it is building a life let the fuck up you know instead of having that you know hands off the wheel asleep at the wheel type of life it's being about being fired up and passionate and so the way that guys work with me is, is one-on-one typically every once in a while I'll do a group but those kind of come and go it's like when I have enough guys who um, are, are kind of in the work with me and then we will transition and I'll bring a few guys from per, from one-on-one to group, and then I'll add a few other guys who've been kind of hanging out. Um, but mostly I work one-on-one with people. I work with them in long-term you know, work, uh, about six to 12 months typically. And we're working mm-hmm. on creating that balance of the trifecta, like you said, health, career, love life. But to me, it's really not about that. It's about getting clarity of your head, getting openness in your heart, and then really having solid guts because I tell people every day, you know, I have a Facebook group I want to invite people to called Drop the Armor Dojo, where it's literally a bunch of people who are committed to building a lit the fuck up life, who are committed to making three choices every day, love over fear, courage over comfort, creation over consumption. Mm -hmm. So what I'd recommend for people is if you do really want that lit the fuck up life, that it's simply a matter of daily practicing those three choices. So I'd love for people to, they could email me, joe at dropthearmor.com, spelled the American way, uh, A-R-M-O-R, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. But really, if you want to get daily engagement with both men and women, it's not just a men's Facebook group, because I, I kind of dislike men's Facebook groups. They're not my favorite. Um, yeah. I love to have a fuller community where it's more balanced. I can see the smile on your face there. There's no knowing in
0: that. I shut it down recently, so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, they just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like hyper-masculine BS going on in those that doesn't really fit the way I work with people and my beliefs. So I've created a, a, like a Facebook group, check it out. It's called drop the armor dojo. I drop mini trainings in there twice a week. We also do some sort of daily engagement, you know, pop a question in there and people challenge each other with how to answer it. And really, it's really deep stuff. It's stuff I wouldn't put on my profile um so those are the great those are the ways to find me email me or jump onto facebook and join drop the armor dojo and have some fun with us with us in there it's a lot of badass people doing great things in life uh learning together growing together you know
0: yeah Uh, that sounds awesome and uh definitely you guys check that out um joe thanks so much for coming on the show um it's been really cool because there's i feel like i can talk to you forever we have so much in common but yeah uh, (laughs) um also you have the best beard of any guest who's ever been on
1: and there's been some good beards. is there that's awesome yeah Yeah, and you know Robbie it's funny thank you for having me I'm actually like criticizing my beard today um it's like gotten too curly on the sides so like I'm brushing it all day long I'm like I'm gonna (laughs) be on video three or four times today um so thank you for honoring it that's a great example of how sometimes you know we just don't see ourselves the way others do so thanks for yeah no that. it's on uh, the beard awesome.
0: man. the gray spot here it's like yeah. it's so so unique so yeah.
1: I, no. I got beard metaphors for days i, I do facebook <laughs> videos about relation building like a relationship between building a great beard and building a great business and building a great love life like there there's so many beard it's
0: metaphors not now. easy
1: it's not yeah. easy I, it's I, not easy I,
0: I, it's I, not. yeah <laughs> no, well cool man thanks so much for coming on and uh hope you guys enjoyed watching Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.